A month after the launch of Marvel's new Star Wars run in 2015 came the start of a new ongoing series focusing on the saga's iconic villain Darth Vader, penned by Kieran Gillen. The first volume, titled Vader, would also see the first introduction of one of Star Wars comics' most beloved characters. Welcome to Canon Catch-Up. Hello there and welcome back to Canon Catch-Up. Today's episode we are talking about Darth Vader Volume 1 from 2015 Uh, and to talk about Darth Vader uh, I am joined by some wonderful people. Um, I'm Dan as always hosting here Uh, and I've got SW Book Collector Chris here. Hi. I've got uh, John, aka just just John. <laughs> nice. Hello, guys. Uh, and we've got Morgan, not a Force user. Hello. Morgan, the reason that you've been dragged onto this is because you have just read this comic for the first time. That is true. And I did. also comics, <laughs> Star Wars <laughs> yeah. comics for the first time. Yeah. So we're looking forward to hearing your hopefully excited perspective. Very excited. So excited. You haven't read any Greg Pack yet, so you've still got hope. You're unsullied, started, you're innocent. Started off early. Started off early with the Greg Pack backing. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we've, we've, we've begun for less than two minutes. Um, right, let's get us back on track. So, Darth Vader Volume 1, subtitled Vader, came out on the 20th of October 2015. It collects issues 1 to 6 of the ongoing uh, Marvel Comics series that ran from 2015. 15 to 2016 i think um it was written by kieran gillen and the art is by salvador la roca um and these six issues follow vader a similar timeline to the star wars comic a couple months after a new hope where he's feeling a bit uh feeling a bit intimidated by palpatine's machinations and sort of sneaks off on his own to um, do some some recruiting of his own private army to deal with whatever Palpatine might be planning for him. And in doing so meets a a young rogue archaeologist called Dr. Aphra. Um, That's probably something we're going to come back to fairly majorly a bit later on, but I will get started with a nice simple question for you all. What's your, what's your top level thoughts on this first volume? Morgan, I'll start with you. Um, So I guess background wise, this is the first non high Republic comic that i've looked at period the end that's it um so my only background that i have is high republic stuff um that said it was really cool i mean i i wasn't i didn't really have any expectations going in because i know that the high republic is so different and so interconnected i'm like i was not expecting high republic kind of stuff in this um but it was really cool. I mean, there were obviously some amazing new characters that were introduced that we'll talk about later. Um, I really enjoyed the art. I don't know that it's like my favorite art that has ever existed in art, but it was still pretty good. Um, but not yeah, quite no, but... no, not quite. And I mean, this is obviously the beginning of what's going to become a long run, right? So I mean, I don't, I don't yeah. know that, but. It seems like a lot of setup at this point, which yeah makes sense for six for six issues being set up. Yeah, I liked it. I will continue reading cool. comics after reading this. Well, that's good. We haven't scared you off 
John, what about you? You like this one? I did enjoy this one. Uh, I enjoyed it when I first read it many years ago. It might have actually been the first thing I read on Marvel Unlimited. Um, although, don't hold me to that. I can't remember. But yeah, really good. Uh, I enjoyed the uh, catch-up. And uh, I actually have a, a question I just noticed when I was rereading this. Uh, and I'm going to put it to the floor because I'm not sure if it's just this comic or all Star Wars comics. And I feel like Chris, you might know. Does all Star Wars comics seem to not have any like thought squares? Because it doesn't have any in this Vader one, um, which is quite cool. But I don't know if... I'm trying to think if there's any in other Star Wars comics. Yeah, Saul's Vader, right? Yeah. Saul's Vader has thought squares. Yeah, the... the red ones when he's like oh, yeah. all in his feels. Yeah, this comic has none in in any of it from Vader's point of view, which I think gives an interesting take on a because obviously he's just like a there's no emotion behind a black mm-hmm. masked six foot seven tall fella, and I think that adds to the like mystery around his emotions. I just mm-hmm. noticed it today. Um, that would be a good question to find out because I actually don't think Star Wars uses the thought boxes that often. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously, when I grew up reading comics, I read a lot of Spider-Man and he uses them all the bloody time. Spider-Man and Deadpool use them all the time. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Doesn't Dark Droids use them as well? Yeah. yeah, Dark Droids does when it's <clears throat> coming from the perspective of the, the Dark Droid Scourge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, nice tangent. You liked it, John. I did, yeah. I just had to... Uh, <laughs> Get it out before I forgot to mention it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I really liked it. The art was really good. Uh, the storyline's really good. It feels it fits nicely with the um, one ending of A New Hope and then going into that stuff. And then it fits nicely and obviously with the Star Wars run we talked about on the last episode. Um, yeah. So yeah, nice. Christopher? This is obviously a classic. It's not my favourite Vader run, but it's obviously a classic. This, along with Skywalker Strikes, which we talked about last week, pretty much set the tone for how Star Wars comics were going to be. Well, obviously, canon comics were going to be. Um, it's wonderful. And it really, this works really well with Skywalker Strikes as well. Like, they work perfectly yeah, yeah. in tandem, all building up to Vader Down, which is yep. just after this, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, it's great. I mean, I have thoughts and notes on the art, um, <laughs> but putting that aside for a second, yeah, it's, it's classic, essential read, essential read. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I really like this one. I um, the Kieran Gillen Vader run, the twenty-five issue run, I think might have been the first. It was, I, I basically read the Star Wars run and this run sort of concurrently for like up until Vader down. And then I just paused Star Wars and then just binged all of Vader. Um, and this was sort of years ago. So this is, this is sort of my first, really my first sort of Star Wars comic proper. Um, and I still love it to this day. Um, it's not ever going to touch the Charles Soul Vader run. I think anyone listening will know that that's still my opinion and Chris and John's opinion as well. But, this Gillen run is still excellent. Introduces some awesome characters, fits in with the new hope to Empire timeline really well. As you said, ties in really, really nicely to Skywalker Strikes uh, that we talked about last week. Uh, and yeah, you just get some really good Vader stuff. Um, and we'll, we'll dive into some of that Vader stuff uh, with the next question. I'll look at that beautiful segue. How does this one work for you guys as a firstly as a story about vader but secondly 
sort of Vader at this time, just after the Death Star's been blown up? Morgan, I'll, I'll start with you. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that, again, I don't have too much to go on in terms of Vader comics in general, but just looking at the physical, I want to say body language and the way that Vader is portrayed in this, it feels very spot on with the characterization. Um, And I do like the moments where he's not entirely feeling sure of himself, um, where he's concerned about where he stands with Palpatine and the moments where he's reflecting back on how he became Vader in the first place. Um, And I also really like the idea that this is where he's starting to, in that questioning, his position with Palpatine, build up his own contingency plans. Um, Because I feel like Mm -hmm. prior to this in canon, um, a lot of the Vader that we get is very Palpatine's lapdog. Um, I'm thinking specifically of like Lords of the Sith right now. And this is where we're seeing him kind of start to get away from that, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. John, what about yourself? Yeah, I, <clears throat> I really like it. I like the aspects of Vader where, as Morgan was saying, you know, it's he's unsure of himself, where he's a bit some of Palpatine, all sort of jazz. You know, we've we've all been at work, properly fucked up, and then you think, <laughs> shit, I've got to go explain this all to my boss. Imagine your boss being Palpatine. Um, and he has even a nice little segue at one point where he's trying to like blame Tarkin and everyone else. And Palpatine's like, well, yeah, they're dead. You're not. So I'm going to take my rage out on you. Which I think is, uh, is great. Um, but yeah, I like the I like the challenges that Palpatine sets up for him as well. Because I mean, we all know that Vader's been Vader for a while now. Um, and we don't really understand where he's been challenging himself, I guess. But it's nice to see that there's... Palpatine's still basically being like, listen, you're my boy, but you need to prove yourself. Like, we, we've got these, like, cyborg fellas. If they fuck you up, they fuck you up. Um, and I like how Vader was even at one point, like, these guys are abominations. They're not really strong. They're not really using the Dark Force. And Vader's like, and Palpatine, sorry, was like, well, if they beat you, they beat you, mate. You know? Yeah. You yeah. Well, I like how you're quoting this um, verbatim. <laughs> no, this is I've got it in front of me. <laughs> yeah, I love the bit when Palpatine says fuck yeah, you up, just fuck them up. up. <laughs> I mean, this is this is canon catch up. This is word for word what <laughs> what you're saying. But uh yeah, no, I, I like um it, I think it does a good job of um so I mean this is an easy as Chris said, this is an easy read. To come off and people coming up a new hope, not really understanding much about the character, blah blah blah, and then they can jump into this and they get a good understanding of where we are at with Vader's headspace in between the two films and what's going mm-hmm. on, and it's just an easy, easy um access, easy way into the character, and I think it's just done done very well with the with the storyline going on, good introduction, new characters, uh, yeah. Chris, yo, so we mentioned it last week. Um, but this comic did something that I didn't even know that I wanted. And it when it when it does it, I'm like, of course that makes total fucking sense. So you your question was, how does this work as a story about Vader in this time, in this period? And it that's honestly where it's where it soars. Because this answers the question of how does Vader react when he finds out about Luke Skywalker? Yeah. And that moment is so powerful across the two across the two series, where it's like, oh yeah, of course we didn't have that story, did we? We didn't see that moment in the movies, 
we just assumed. I mean, it's unsaid, isn't it? So we assumed, does he always know? Do you know what I mean? And it isn't until this really that when you have that moment where it happens and it, and it has that incredible panel with him cracking the glass. Oh yeah. Um, when he finds out, um, yeah. And so it's it. This is what I was saying before that the Vader series. Now, I mean, I'm not going to go too deep into it. If you've listened to Canon Canon Catch Up or comics, you know how we feel about Greg Pax Vader, but they just go for big stories that don't really mm-hmm. fit. Um, this doesn't, this is subtle character moments um, yeah. that just make perfect sense for where they are in the story. Like this, um, like his disillusion with Palpatine, with his position within the Empire and the Sith. It's, it's great. It's honestly mm-hmm. great for that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, I, I think the, there's an element of this, which I love, which is like the Palpatine testing Vader and Vader's little sort of weird road trip with Afra. I love all of that, but the first issue and the, the sixth issue in this, I think both like do such an incredible job of like really capturing Vader's position at this point in the timeline, just after New Hope, like at the beginning, as John pointed out, we had that like, you know, disciplinary meeting with your boss that he has with Palpatine where he gets a slap on the wrist for messing up. And you can just see Vader realising that he's going to have to do something to protect himself here. Um, But as you were talking about, Chris, that ending when Boba Fett comes up to him and reveals Luke Skywalker, we see a much smaller stripped-down version of that in the Star Wars comic. But this Darth Vader comic gives us the full scene and... It's incredible. It's like the classic sort of like emo rage boy Anakin sort of standing and saying something angry, you know, with the, he will he will be mine. It will all be mine. It's like just classic Vader, yeah. angry Vader stuff. But it's so powerful because they tie it together with, you know, images of Padme and um, some of that. Obviously, all the stuff that's going on in his head at that time—that might that moment might be my one of my favorite Star Wars comic scenes ever yeah. across the board. It is one of my favorites as well. I mean, a long, long time ago, me and John um, for our old podcast, we did an episode talking about like the greatest Darth Vader moments, and this was one that me and John both picked as like one of the best Darth Vader moments like ever in Star Wars. It was like one of our top fives. Um, so yeah, I, I love this, and I think it captures Vader's character so well. Yeah, man. Because he's angry, boy. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not a little sunshine and rainbows, is he? He's not that kind of guy. <laughs> no, he just loves smashing windows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, okay, so let's not bury the lead any further. Yep, bring if it. We get, we, get, <laughs> we get one pretty major first appearance in this volume, and then we get another fairly big um, first appearance in this volume. So in issue number one of this comic, we get the very first appearance of Black Chrysanthemum, who had a, a nice long life in the comics before he got brought to live action in the book of Boba Fett. Um, but the reason we're all here to talk about it is in issue number three, we get the first appearance of Dr. Afra, the everyone's favourite chaotic shit archaeologist. Boy. <laughs> honorary shit boy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so i guess my question to all of you is what are your thoughts on this introduction to dr afra were you instantly hooked on afra 
uh, and specifically with Morgan, this being your literal first ever interaction with Dr. Afra. How did it feel? What are you thinking? Morgan, I'll start with you. So technically this wasn't actually my literal first ever interaction with Afra. Um, <laughs> because I did the audio drama first. I didn't know. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, so I had that. But that stated, um, I think that I was messaging both you and Chris as I was reading this, being like, oh my God, how did I live this long without like Shelly Afro in my life? <laughs> like I, I don't I don't understand how I've survived um to this point. I am in I don't I don't know what to say other than like absolute chaotic perfection. Love. <laughs> Yeah, like adore. That that's all I got. No yeah. words, yeah. just hard eyes. No words, just <laughs> just love. <laughs> John, what about you? Uh, yeah. I mean, well, I don't really know what to say to say. I'm sure whatever I say, Chris is gonna come in and just ex- to say it ten times better. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, the fact that his profile picture was Doctor Afra for however long. I mean, says it all really. Um, <clears throat> but. Uh, great introduction to the character what i like about it on the reread um just now is like um how vader goes it's so obvious how vader goes so far out of his way to find her which i think just is a great way of just showing the audience straight away how like impressive and skillful she is you know vader's gone out of his way to torture kill whoever just to find out where she is um and this is a character that we've never seen in star wars before so automatically off the bat you're like oh damn this this chick's got some what's some moves and obviously like <laughs> immediately shows exactly what moves she's got by you know helping vader out being one of his l- trusted loyal uh psychics i don't know yeah it's, i'd say they have a sidekick sort of relationship I like yeah that. until obviously vader then because he like boot her out of an airlock in like a few issues time or something but we've it's a spoiler for another day um <laughs> but yeah enjoyable and uh it's just mad how much the character's grown in the in the time since she's been introduced and here we are now loving the issues every week every month when they come out so yeah crazy yeah chris go on i know you want to say something let's go back in time <laughs> <laughs> let's take on a journey yeah let's go all right all right doctor who here we go think about it right you're in 2015 they've just got rid of all the legend shit and they're rebooting the canon and there's new comics and we're like what three months into it Imagine how fucking ballsy it is at this point to introduce a character as large as Dr. Aphra into such a central role in arguably what is probably probably was the most anticipated series at that time, Darth Vader, because of Darth Vader. Yeah. It was also the highest selling. I, I checked my facts today. Yeah, exactly. So you don't just you don't just you know, it was just a new character. You literally build it around this character, and that is the central point for the first half of the whole run i'd say mm-hmm. it what a character because you got to think on paper it's quite a polarizing character it's someone who's quippy and chaotic and not really in a massive juxtaposition to who vader is as well like his character so it's a super ballsy move but it's one that's obviously paid off because here we are like eight years later and dr afra has had an audiobook um a 40 issue run uh and a run that's currently on issue 36 mm-hmm. you know um massively informed so much out so much other things Afra is the biggest win of star wars canon 
in my opinion. Um, and this is where it all started. Yeah, I mean, even Johnny has a tattoo. Yeah, Johnny's, yeah, if you guys didn't know this, Johnny has. Johnny has Johnny's got uh, Afro's tattoo, the electrical tattoos on his arm. Yeah. It looks really well, cool. It says, it says it already, doesn't it? <laughs> Afra's touched everyone's lives. Yeah. I have a, I Literally Johnny's skin. I have a question that Chris might know the answer to. Yeah. Um, was the Dr. Afra like, solo, solo series always like planned or was it because of a character being so popular in the Vader run? No, I'm yeah. pretty sure it was like a, a, a later thought of spin-off. Yeah. I think it was like, well, when Gillen finishes this, he was like, I want to do a Dr. Afra series now. Because mm-hmm. right, cool, cool. obviously it's, they're both Kieran Gillen, aren't they? Yeah. Um, he doesn't get enough props, Kieran Gillen doesn't, because everyone obviously talks about Saul and all that. But we'll, whether you like prefer Saul or Gillen's run doesn't matter. Just think of the fact that Gillen created Afro. You know, well, I think the reason that Gillen is like the unsung hero of Star Wars comics is this Darth Vader run is excellent. His, I don't know, maybe 30-issue run on the Star Wars mainline is exceptional. And his first half of his Afro run is incredible as well. Like, he's he's done all right. Yeah, he's done amazing. Yeah. And then what happens after Kieran Gillen on Star Wars and Vader is Greg Pak comes in and makes him look even better by writing the shittest <laughs> things. <laughs> but no, no, I mean... So much to look forward to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I mean, you've got a lot of Kieran Gillen stuff to look forward to, I can tell you that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's fair. In terms of Afro for me, um, I love this introduction. Um, I think I had, like, a nice reminder today reading this of how good this introduction to Afro is. Like, it was, as you were saying, Chris, it's that, like, quippiness, which is so, like, juxtaposed to Vader's character and her saying, oh, do I call you, like, King Vader or Sir Vader or Lord Vader? Like, all, all of that stuff is so funny. Um and I think the, is it maybe an issue five where she sort of, she succeeds in helping him go to Geonosis to to get the, the droid machine yeah. and, and basically turns around to him and says, look, fair enough if you've got to kill me now, but at least just like chop my head off so it's quick. Like that's like a, a really like powerful scene. Like she's smart. She knows who this guy is. Um, but there's almost like a, a bromance between the two of them that that's not the right word to use but there's like a there's a, a real like kinship that develops between the two of them in such like a an interesting way um and it's it's all through afra's charm isn't it yeah i mean i think it was lightning in a bottle this relationship this dynamic was lightning in a bottle and they've tried to recapture it since you'll know from this moment that after this vader always has a female sidekick who he just lets live for seemingly no reason. I mean, the kind of reason is, oh, because it reminds him of Padme. No, it started with Afra. Yeah. You know? True. And they've tried to recapture True. that, whether it's a female psychic, whether it's that little shitty fucking droid from Grey Pack series, <laughs> Zed, or whatever. Even, um, who's the Deadpool ripoff? Ochi. Ochi. Yeah, even he's trying to, like, capture the Afra's, like, charm, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's, they've, they've tried to do it again so many times since, but it just hasn't worked as well. Yeah. Uh, whether it's Sabe, Ochi, Zed, um, even in um, even Saul's series, he had there's a couple of moments there, like with Chan Chan and stuff, where he like lets them live for a bit, or you know what I mean. It's always that yeah. those kind of moments, but it's because of this and how great this was. 
Yeah, speaking of, uh, you just mentioned a droid there. I, co- I completely forgot when I was making my little plan here to that we, we have to obviously mention the world's scariest murder bots who get their major comic introduction in this as well. Um, Morgan, I'll start with you. Just a very quick one. What did you think of Triple Zero and BT1? So I loved Triple Zero. Um, I don't know, but like, I don't know. I, I like things that are scary, um, like that hate everything. Uh, I don't know. But uh, I, I messaged Chris specifically <laughs> and I was like, oh man, I love Triple Zero so much. And he's like, uh, just wait. So <laughs> yeah, I'm a little yeah, concerned for where that feeling is going to go. But <laughs> you know what? Yeah. It, it's fine. It's fine if they're evil, little scary, crazy things. I, I enjoy that. I mean, they are evil C-3PO and evil R2-D2. And it's they're not shy from saying that that is exactly what these characters are. But I think they work excellently. John, are you a fan? Yeah. I mean, what's not to love? It's C-3PO slightly less annoying, which is obviously just a win off the bat. Because <laughs> that, that, that man isn't, or that droid is insufferable. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it's, I think, yeah, it's on his R2 how I think sometimes he wished he could just act with things because he must, he's been, you know, he's a sentient droid these days. He hasn't been wiped in about 40 years. So the man's basically human. And I think sometimes he just sit, must sit there and think, I just want to kill these fuckers, um, <laughs> which is what we get in the, in, the dro- in the new droids. So I respect it. Chris, I know you like the murder bots. I do indeed. Now, if you've listened to our episodes before, you'll know that we, we kind of went on this big rant about Triple Zero, me and you did Dan once. Um, in this in this volume, Triple Zeros and BT1, they're just fun. Yeah, a little bit yeah. creepy, a little bit weird, but it's memorable stuff and it's quite like new for Star Wars, I guess, to go that mm-hmm. to go that far in that direction. Now, obviously, we mentioned like Morgan said, it did mention said just you wait. We know the Triple Zero for at least one volume becomes absolutely fucking terrifying yeah um like to the point where like it's not even fun anymore (laughs) (laughs) Um, this is back when it was fun but this is back when it was fun Uh, yeah and and triple zero is great like i don't think anyone doesn't like triple zero and bt1 that reads the comics like it's they're everyone's favorites yeah yeah yeah. i think they'll ever get a live action oh please I, I want it so bad. I don't want a live action version though, where it's like, like dumb, not dumbed down, but like, what's the word I'm looking for? I want them to go like full in, like murdering people. I want it to be like a, yeah, like a R rated droid <laughs> show. Droid <laughs> slasher. Yeah, 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 yeah. Saw, but with these guys. Are you are you are you asking for droid porn? Is that what I'm hearing right now? <laughs> no, I can find that. I can find that easily, man. Don't you worry. <laughs> I've got, I've got a few bookmarks already for that. That's fine. Uh, should we move swiftly on? Yeah. No, let no one want any links. I'll send them out later. BT dong. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so I've got my, my my final question here. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask to Chris and John, and then I've got a slightly different question to ask to you, Morgan. Um, but Chris, I will start with you. I know you have your opinions. So now's your time to air them. How does the writing artwork combo of this volume work for you? <laughs> Sorry. Here we go. Artwork. Yeah. So, Strapping. Salvador Rocket is dog shit. 
his 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 art is tracing everyone looks like a fucking gremlin. Like he like we say in the in the kind of catch up episode, the comics one, that he makes Moses Ingram objectively one of the most stunning people in the world look like a like a like a like a, I don't even know what like a goblin in the Obi Wan Kenobi issues, but it doesn't. It's not as bad as some of his stuff, and it doesn't detract from the story. But how? I mean, Dan, I'll, I'll throw this right back at you. How difficult was it for, for you? to go back to this version of Afra after the incredible Aminky Young stuff. So I don't remember having an issue with the artwork when I read it the first time round, but after reading Minky Young's, well, after looking at Minky Young's um, Dr. Afra for the past couple of years, it was a big slap in the face <laughs> yeah. to, to go back to this. Like it's just completely different to what I've become used to. Um, and even though, this for me is probably my favorite bit of Salvador La Roca's work across Star Wars. Um, I actually think when it's not faces, the artwork is actually quite impressive. And I think his like his work with the panels and some of the action, I think is good. I think it is literally just the faces, in faces the side I don't yeah. like. Um, but yeah, the the Afra thing was was a, a, a difficult thing to readjust to. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. John, what about you? Um I didn't hate it. I didn't mind it actually in this. I think maybe because I was speed reading it, so I didn't actually notice that much. Um, since your comment, I've literally gone back and had a look at a few issues, and it is actually jarring me a bit. Um, obviously, the writing's great. Again, I mean, I said this maybe last week, or maybe it was on the comic one. You know, it's never going to go out as history as like one of the great writer artist combos. Um, it's it's pretty, you know. It's just two people that happen. I think it's just you have an excellent writer and an artist that happened to be free to do it for him. I don't think. <laughs> You'll do. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think Gillen's like run down the Marvel offices to like specifically ask Salvador if he will do his work for him. I think it's just he's written the scripts and they've just been like, oh, who's free? Gone down an Excel spreadsheet with everyone's time sheets on him. Salvador, get like, your yeah. tracing paper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just looking through some of Salvador's like work though through Marvel Unlimited, and I don't know if it's like he's just done the cover art, which is why it's coming up on here. But he's done so many like issues that I've just not noticed the problem with the art. No, yeah. kinda... he he doesn't always he doesn't always trace. He never used to, and his yeah. art was really good then. I mean, yeah. this King and Black Iron Man stuff uh, that is definitely traced. Actually, Doctor Doom that is definitely traced. That artwork was shit, but yeah, oh well. Yeah, but I mean, I think, like, as, I mean, we've already sung his praises. Like, Kieran Gillen's an excellent writer. This, the writing in this is excellent. I think the artwork doesn't detract too much. But then at the same time, I compare the artwork in this to Giuseppe Camancholi's artwork in Souls Vader. And, like, regardless of the writing, that artwork is just way better and way well, more. Well, even in Pax Vader, like, the art in that is even wonderful. Even in Pax Vader, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, it's not a duo that I hate, to be honest, but I don't love it either. Um, but I think after seeing some of Sal- Salvador La Roca's recent stuff in like the adaptations, going back to this, I was like, oh, okay, I can deal with this in comparison to like the awful Obi-Wan Kenobi series, if you get what I mean. It wasn't insulting. Does he always have the same um, inkers and colorists as well? I, I actually don't know. When it comes to <clears throat> the inkers and the colorists, I, I'm, I'm not particularly good at keeping up with it um 
Because I, th- I think Salvador Larocco does his own inks, I think. Yeah, he does. He has a, <coughs> he does That's his so own nice. inks though. Because I think yeah. that sometimes they're a bit off the inks because they obviously they do like the shadows and the dark the bits shadows. and stuff. And sometimes yeah. I think, especially when you're tracing, it makes it look a bit. Worse. Did he like win a, a competition or something? <laughs> or <What>, raffle? <laughs> yeah. Gets to draw this comic run. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, so Morgan, the question that I was saving for you in terms of the writing is because I just realized whilst we were recording this, because you mentioned it, you have listened to the audio book. How, how did this, because I mean, it's essentially two adaptations of the same story. How did this adaptation of that chunk of the audio book, which relates to this story, like how do those two adaptations differ? What works better for you? How do you find the artwork in this particular adaptation of that? I'm just interested to hear your perspective on that. So I think that out of like a primacy effect almost, I enjoyed the audio drama more than I did this. Um, But obviously there's different elements that I thought, I'm not really a visual or at least not like a super visual person. So um, it wasn't as big of a deal to me that you're missing that in the audio drama um but that said like she's gorgeous so um seeing it in comic form and seeing it as it was originally created is a very different experience um and it's definitely a very enjoyable experience on both ends so that said looking back at the art rack right now um i'm almost wondering if the issues that we're having isn't more Mm -hmm. in the colorist um because the colors seem to be really off yeah i mean i'm i'm looking at some of these pages and the definitely the color is just dreadful as well yeah there's a little bit of luke where the color of luke's face is pretty jarring (laughs) yeah there's what some bits of afro here where it's like she looks like she's wearing like contour and like highlighter for no reason but not where contours should be. Is it in the right yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it'll be interesting, Morgan, to see um, how you connect more to some of the current Afro stuff because the artist working on Afro at the moment is exceptional and that artwork is stunning. And it's also, um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not sure on the artist's complete background, but either an Asian-American artist or an Asian artist and Afra being an Asian coded character, I feel like that artist captures Afra a lot better in the current run than Salvador La Roca did back here, if that makes sense. Um, but John, I will start with you. Overall, final thoughts to the people on this first volume of Darth Vader. Uh, I'm trying to echo what Chris said. You know, it's an essential pickup, really, um, for anyone new into the Star Wars comics, anyone who's dabbled in higher public stuff and wants to get into the main run anyone who doesn't have this in their collection i'd definitely recommend just just picking it up giving it a read because it's, it's it's good it's a good great story about vader um and it's a necessity for any star wars lover yep what up bitches <laughs> there we go he's back chris what are your final overall thoughts to the people on darth vader volume one uh yeah read it it's fucking great. <laughs> um, but it's not just that. It, it opens up so much more. Like, if you read this in Star Wars, then you, could, you from there you can get to Vader Down, you can get to the wonderful Screaming Citadel. Um, <laughs> you can get to Dr. Aphra's solo series. Yeah. Um, it all starts from here. So if you're interested in comics and you haven't read them yet, 
I, mean, I don't know why you listen to this episode, but jump on this one with Star Wars Skywalker Strikes because yeah. you're going to have a fucking blast. Just just squint and, for the art. And Morgan, as a as a comics newbie, what was your final thoughts on this one? Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think it was a really good on-ramp. Uh, if you've not read comics before, um, and I think it's a worthwhile pickup. I mean, I don't have much to compare it to. We should, we should have made you read no, Greg, Greg Pack. I'm being a dick. <laughs> yeah, you're being mean about Greg Pack. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't really have too much to compare it to, but uh, it was good enough that I'm going to continue reading comics. So I guess that's a good thing. I mean, it didn't swear me off for life, so. Yeah, Morgan, have have we got you onto the first volume of Star Wars yet? The, no. The one that we talked about last week? No, not yet. Um, I am meaning to. I have it. I'm, I've been working on getting around yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. To be fair, I did read like six books in the past week. Um, so. But you're going to get all the hot Luke action. We know you have much love Luke. Yes, I adore Luke. Luke is my favorite character. He's the most well-established, the most um, consistent. Correct. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, he's just the best character that mm-hmm. ever existed mm-hmm. in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I, I can't explain my appreciation enough yeah. for Luke. I, I just love him. Actually, I kind of despise Luke. Um, I once famously said that I think Luke is the Bella Swan of Star Wars. And better than Padme, yes. <laughs> no. I was trying to work out if that was sarcasm or not. <laughs> yeah, no, it's absolutely sarcasm. Uh, yeah, it was It was. A it's because we had a big argument on an episode once. Yeah, we can, oh, we can, to, we can. I'll have to go listen to it. It was a good one. It was um, a good I can't remember what I said it was. It was Weapon of the Jedi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, yeah no, that was that. It. Um, but no, in all seriousness, seriousness that... Star Wars Volume One trade paperback, like couples with this one really nicely. Like the two of them complement each other really well, so it is worth a read at some point, I'd say. And then you get to read Vader down, which is fucking great. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we've got that coming up soon. Yeah. Yep. Um, should we wrap it up there? You're in charge. Okay, we're gonna wrap up there. I'm indifferent. <laughs> uh, so first off, Morgan, tell the people where they can find you. I am not a force user, mostly on Instagram and here. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> John, what about you? Uh, I am occasionally here doing the comic catch up every month. Uh, and you can find me doing a post every few months on Vader's Castle Library on Instagram. When I. What about your personal page, John? <laughs> Soul plug. It's uh, go underscore John. Give me a follow. I appreciate numbers. Thank you very much. It's a private page, though, by the way, guys. <laughs> He's plugging a private page. Yeah, I've got to get you out before I let you follow me. <laughs> I'm sure you'll oh, be sure no As long as you're not like a, a, a stock trader, I usually let you in. <laughs> Chris. Go on, Chris. Uh, yeah, SW Book Collector on the grams, on the face. <laughs> On the, uh, that's it. <laughs> uh, I don't even know how to top that. Vader's Castle Library as well. Uh, on the grams, uh, on this podcast, trying to um, wrangle this chaos uh, yeah. most weeks. Uh, Canon Catch Up will be back next week. And I won't be here, but Morgan will be hosting next week's episode. Woo-hoo! Morgan, do you want to give a little, want to give a little tease of what's happening in next week's episode? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so next week we are talking about Battlefront Twilight Squadron. Com com company? Is it company? <laughs> yes, no. it is company. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I should know this. I just read the book. Uh, but yeah. You'll have figured out the Twilight name by the time that you start hosting next week. <laughs> Yes, that that is the plan. No, I have an entire like spreadsheet and script like a la Johnny ready for this. Uh, oh wow! Just can't remember the name of the book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But it's gonna be that great. Will be, um, that'll be canning catch up next week, and then I think the following week we're back with more comics. And I think we've got yeah, Princess it, Leia. I want to say. Yeah, if if you want to listen to in, in a canning catch up about an interesting book, then wait another week, <laughs> and then we're doing do Princess Leia. <laughs> Wow, you're not a fan of Battlefront <laughs> Twilight Company, Chris. No, nah, it's all right. It's just a bit boring. Isn't it? It's just a bit boring. It is a little bit boring. Yeah, but the, the episode won't be boring though. Like we've got a really good. But the episode yeah. will be fun. That that's yeah, why when exactly. we're setting up these episodes, I was like, I'll do every kind of catch up except Battlefront Twilight Company. That's why I said. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's fair. I don't Nobody know what else we've got. Next week, I think we might have already had the Tales of Light and Light episode this week. I honestly don't know what's going on in the podcast. The Johnny's moment. probably got some shit. There'll going. be some cool stuff coming up from Johnny. Yeah, from like old public stuff or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what about a great the uh, holiday? The holiday episode. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we should. The, the holiday one. Oh yeah, we are doing the holiday special. Yeah. I mean, I think it's in. Yeah. It's planned. Yeah. We haven't done anything yet, but it's planned. We'll see if that happens. Which yeah. holiday? Kwanzaa. Like <laughs> the original Life like Day, day. holiday special from 17. No, we're doing, a, we're doing a Kwanzaa special. <laughs> Spell Kwanzaa. Nice. K W A N Z A A. That's correct. <laughs> it I is correct. I honestly thought that you were going to spell it K Wanza. <laughs> Okay, well, in true shitboy fashion, we've completely gone off script and we're talking about Kwanzaa now, so I think we should probably uh, wrap it up. I've said that like five times now, so let's actually do it. Uh, this has been Canning Catch-Up. Thank you for listening. May the force with you. Everyone say bye. 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 Insert dick joke here. Bye. You're the worst. <laughs>